Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and His gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto Him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. When we draw His power into our lives, both He and we will rejoice. Kia ora everyone. Welcome to the Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast. My name is Eden and I will be our host for today's podcast and I'm here with Manessa. Hello. Cool. So our podcast today will be about real life experiences that can challenge our faith and how we have managed to stay close to the Lord and to hold on to our faith throughout those experiences. A bit of context behind our podcast is a lot of us We grow up in the church and we have these ideals laid out for us and we expect things to kind of go as planned, whatever that plan might be, but then life happens and and things don't go according to that plan and it might feel like um, we're the only ones that are experiencing these things. So Manasseh, what's your story? So before the mission, and this is years and years ago, I was experiencing some trials, some tribulations, something that didn't really sit right. So just to get the elephant out of the room, cat out of the bag. I attempted suicide before my mission. A lot to do because I felt pressured in in a sense of, in terms of the church culture, in terms of family pressure. And I didn't really feel comfortable even in my own skin. So that basically was the gist of it, just attempted suicide at such a young age. Well, I think mental health is something that a lot of us, you know, experience and struggle through a lot. And it's something that we don't talk about maybe as openly as we should in the church. How did you feel the church helped you throughout that experience or the doctrine of the church? A lot, to be honest. But it was quite a process to differentiate what was doctrine that could sustain me and also just outside pressures or just inner pressures that were basically self-destructive in a sense. Yeah, I guess when realising the differences between what is doctrine and then what is culture, it really gives you a perspective of what really is important. Right, because that does get in the way a lot, right? The church culture and those expectations, maybe from family or from church leaders. And even growing up in the church, we have those expectations of ourselves, right? Like, oh, I should be doing this, or I shouldn't be having these struggles, maybe. Definitely, definitely. Even myself, I was just thinking, you know, we're always told, well, I was always told as a kid, you know, what are you complaining for? You got mm. your whole, you have the wonderful gospel in front of you. You have a loving family. You get to go to church. You're going to young men's. You're doing all this cool stuff. You're doing seminary. But at the same time, you feel, is this really my life? Or is it just the life that I was just put in? As contradictory as that sounds. But no, but really, just, I know it's, it's kind of mind-boggling in a sense. Yeah. And in the Maori Polynesian families, it's, you have so much to be grateful for. Yep. And we've sacrificed so much for you. Why are you unhappy? Which is hard to handle. Throughout your experience, was there any points of doctrine or teachings from the church that really strengthened you? Actually, if you don't mind, I, there's a story that came along with the experience. Oh, yeah. It's okay. So when I was close to doing that horrendous act or trying to, I remember I was in a car and... I was driving and thoughts came to mind of just being overpressured, just obviously not being in the right mindset and I was just speeding the car just thinking, you know, I'm just keen, I'm just, I'm done, you know, 
as I kept driving along this certain road, the speed kept going up, and I could see there was a light pole like, next to a next to a hill. And I was just thinking, just everything. I'm so sick of, you know, expectation, the ideas of expectation, the those typical family. You know they come from a good place. You know they're encouraging church mm-hmm. leaders, parents, family, friends. But at the meat and bones of it, it's you don't really feel like it was ever your core, in a sense. As much as this is, it feels like me complaining, but there was a time when I was so close to at the final stage of the attempt of suicide, and then I guess God <laughs> intervened. I remember at the last moment I had a flashback. You know how they say your life flashes before your eyes and you kind of see everything? It was like that for me, but it was it was a flashback of all my spiritual experiences I've ever had in life. My first time at the temple, going to seminary with my friends, seeing some of my friends on their missions, going on their missions, seeing the wonderful change of conversion through the Spirit and the blessing the gospel brings and also the teachings of the atonement of Jesus Christ. When that came into mind, I quickly snapped out of that mindset, that haze of, all right, I'm sick of this life, I'm going to get rid of it, instead of, I changed it from, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm literally going to end this beautiful opportunity of living the gospel on the earth just because I'm not feeling right right now. And then, obviously, changed my path, slowed down the car, went on the road, and then have a mental breakdown and cry. And then start my process from there, from seeing my bishop, seeing a counsellor, making sure the methods and stepping stones were there just to nurse me back to mental and emotional health and also, at the same time, get clean, rebuild my testimony again. Mm -hmm. And it just made me think that experience of that was the doctrinal difference. Those wonderful moments of spirituality, those wonderful spiritual experiences, that's what the gospel is all about for me. That's what gives you fuel to your fire of living. It's not all this unnecessary stuff that shouldn't go that should go to your head of expectation and whatnot. It's what really matters, which is the Lord and his gospel and your own personal progression. Wow, that's so true. And I love that you mentioned that the Spirit brought back to your remembrance all of those beautiful experiences and it helped you to change your mindset, eh? Definitely. In, in that moment, in that crucial moment. And I agree with what you said about focusing on the things that are most important. It's not the expectations of others or the church culture that's important. It's your relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. And those are the things that will pull you through those times. You reminded me of a scripture that, that I was reading in Come Follow Me with my family last night. And it's in Abraham. It's Abraham 2 verse 16. It says, Therefore eternity was our covering and our rock and our salvation as we journeyed. And I think that scripture reminds me to remember the big picture. I remember eternity. But I know that end product, even if we have it in mind, sometimes it doesn't help us in the moment. Even if I know that better times will come, what do I actually do now? What are those steps that I can take now? But what were some habits or, or practical things that helped you as you were talking about rebuild your testimony? And- Definitely three things. Understanding doctrine. I think that's an important one and living by principles. Board K. Packer has a wonderful quote. I'm only going to use the first half of it because I forgot the rest. It was <laughs> true doctrine understood changes attitudes and behavior. Right. And then I think along the lines after that part, it goes, you know, the study of behavior will the study of the gospel will improve behavior more than the study of behavior will yes, improve behavior. I remember that one. Yeah, and so that was one because once you really 
understand, then when you fully understand, it will lead to action. Mm. I find just the idea of people saying, oh, I understand it, but they never act or apply it in life. That yeah. really means they, in my opinion, they didn't really understand. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess for, for me yeah. as well, like growing up in the church, you learn all of this doctrine and stuff in your head, like the articles of faith, your plan of salvation and all of that. But it's not until you have experiences later in life that it moves from just like knowing it in your head to feeling it and being converted to that truth in your heart. And that's when it changed, well, for me, that's when it changed my behavior and not just, it wasn't just an automatic response to do whatever's supposed to be the right thing in the church, but to choose the right thing because I want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, using our agency in that way righteously. Yes. You know, not only does it benefit us and it blesses us because we're, you know, we're doing the right thing, but it also just validates, in my opinion, just Heavenly Father because knowing the doctrine that we are all his children and he loves us and then he sees us using our agency that he's given us to do the right things. But was it Elder Rasban who said it? That he wants us to choose the right instead of him, like, low-key intervening? I know I'm probably butchering it, but... Sounds about right to Sounds me. about right, yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. So that was one of the things? One of the things. The second one was having confidence and trust, more importantly, love for yourself no matter what. And addressing the ideas of mental health again and anyone who feels depressed or whatever. One opinion slash impression I felt was self-love is very important and people see it in different perspectives of that's very selfish, whatever. Mm. But I'm thinking if God had a perfect love, and this is not doctrine, it's just my opinion. If God had a perfect love, I'm pretty sure he would love himself as well. Mm. you got to have confidence and love in yourself to do the things you need to do. And also you can't really rely on everyone else's love to get you through everything it's the same kind of principle in my opinion with the testimony how they say your parents testimony can only get you so far but there's going to be one day where you got to have your own and then you got to push through it's the same with love you although love from peers love from parents love from community it's very important but you got to have love for yourself so it balances all out it can't be like a one-sided relationship for everything and i think god when we really dig down I feel like he has perfect self-love as well. Mm. As the scripture states in Matthew 5, be perfect as your father in heaven that is perfect. I love that one. To, and something that I've been trying to learn is to be kind to myself too. Yeah. To, yes, have goals and to work towards being better, but to also be okay with who you are now and to accept that, acknowledge that, and then make steps to move forward. It goes back to the church culture that we are talking about. And sorry to bring missions into this. No, definitely but good. I feel like it happens a lot after the mission to, to RMs. You come back with these expectations um, of yourself, of what you want to be after you come back, and other people have those expectations of you too. And then, once again, life happens and other things come into the picture and you're trying to learn to balance things again. But if you can keep that love for yourself and that kindness for yourself, then you'll be able to keep moving forward. Yeah, definitely. can't really add more to what she said because that's just totally true as long as you feel like you're doing the right thing you're trying to hear the lord the best you can as mm. president russell M. nelson stated how do you hear him how can we hear him better i feel whatever path you're yeah, on yeah exactly you're doing the right. because as much as other people around us love us and want to help us they don't understand the full picture yet yeah and we don't even for our own lives the only one that does is is god yeah. so we should rely on him the most makes sense definitely the last one that helped me 
was that saying how they say you you are what you eat yeah so obviously taking to another uh, perspective you are who you surround yourself with and it's not just what you eat physically it's emotionally it's mentally it's all your aspects of ho order the maori term for just overall health your four dimensions your four wars and i think that's really important because when you use your agency to choose the right in terms of those situations and circumstances, it just benefits you more. And you try stand in holy places. Even if you don't have one, you can always make one yourself. And we're told so many times, our body is a temple. So maybe sometimes you are that holy, you are that holy place for the spirit to come dwell in because we know that no unclean thing can enter in the kingdom of God and God always needs cleanliness to work in the inner vessel. It just reminds me of that scripture in Alma about his testimony of the atonement and about the saviour of how he knows how to suck it to his people. I think right. it's chapter 7, verse 11, in talking about Jesus Christ and what he will do for us. And states, He shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind, and this that the word might be fulfilled, which saith, He will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people, and he will take away upon him death, that he may loose the bands of death, which is which bind his people, and will take upon him the infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy according to the flesh, that he may know according to the flesh how to succor his people according to the infirmities. And so, again, relating it back to Christ, his wonderful said, and whatever you want to call it, his story of life, you really can relate to it on an interpersonal level, and just overall, even if you weren't religious at all, it's still a wonderful story of history about a good man, he came to light. He came to earth with his life purpose to fulfill the will of the Father, and you just see all the obstacles and challenges in his life. Obviously, betrayed by Judas, one of his apostles, he wasn't accepted by his own people. He was under uh, the Roman Empire at that time, and just historically, and you look at all the context in his life, it's it was a really hard thing. Like I don't think I would have, I would never do that. Like. <laughs> So I'm lucky, Heavenly Father, and you know, Jesus Christ has that love for us because I definitely don't right now. But <laughs> we're working on that. But we're one. working on it. We're working <laughs> we're to, there. hence why we're trying to be Christ like and you know, those Christ like attributes add to how we can be better. Yeah. And as you were talking about Christ's story, I was thinking about the external factors of his life, all the reasons why his life was so hard, but then for him to have that power from within that relationship he had with his father that's what got him through despite all of the things all of the reasons that life should have been really bad for him he still had that joy and love because of his relationship and so I like what you're saying about surrounding yourself with good people because that's part of the environment that can help you to have that power within yourself and I think that makes a huge difference because when you think about the world that we're in right now with all of the trends that are going on, the temptations, the political dramas, if we don't have that center within ourselves, it'll it'll be hard. And that's what President Nelson was saying that it'll be impossible yep. to survive spiritually without the guiding influence of the Holy Ghost and to be able to receive our own personal revelation. And that's such a process. I feel like whenever we talk about these things in the gospel, we talk about the end product. But I just know that the process is is hard sometimes and we need to be persistent. And so that's why what I admire about um, you and your story as well is that you've continued to 
push forward, to press forward, to stay anchored to Christ, to make those little decisions that will put you on the right path. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. And if there was any advice I can give to prospective missionaries or people who might have a similar experience to what I went through, they feel the, the pressure from communities or certain people, as we know they mean well. Yeah. We know they really, really mean well, even though some compliments or or even just some feedback that they give in life saying, for instance, my example, I've had siblings be like, oh, why are you going out a year late? Don't you know you're just going to waste a year? Kind of like right. snobby, like shade throwing yeah. stuff like that. And you're like, backhanded uh, compliment. Yeah, backhanded compliment. Yeah, like aunties and uncles are the best for that. Like you go up to an auntie and uncle and they'd be like, oh, why are you not on the machine field right now? Don't you know how to... Uh, you know, don't you know, get blessed by the Lord. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I know, but, you know, it's Got fine. some things to work through I'm first. I'm sorry, but, no, it's okay, because he will make all the difference. And I know he will make the difference, auntie. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, just try your best, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I don't believe there is a one-size-fits-all of how to get through life or certain situations. But as long as you, you know, spiritually soul-search the best you can, what feels right with you, Again, I don't believe that there's a one-size-fits-all. Like, it took a spiritual intervention of flashbacks for me to put the stop on trying to end my own life. So maybe your experience won't be as extreme as it, or maybe it'll be even more extreme. I don't know. But all I know is that God will have your back no matter what. Set a plan, have faith, do your basics, and just really look at all the examples around you, not just family and friends. Scripture's a huge one. Look at each prophet. They all went through something, and God had to tend to them sometimes differently. Moses with a speech impediment, Nephi trying to build a ship that he never knew how to do, but God helped him with it. So look, read between the lines and see what can be applicable to me and what can I do for the future. Thank you for sharing that advice with us, Manetha. Just to wrap us up, we've talked about a lot, reflected on a lot, and I hope you've been able to Um, relate this back to your personal experience or learn something from what we've shared today if there's one scripture i could relate it back to would be doctrine and covenant 6 verse 36 the theme for our podcast it says look unto me in every thought doubt not fear not and although that's hard like we've talked about we've also highlighted how much strength comes from relying on the savior so thank you manessa for sharing your story and for all the rest of you who are listening i hope you're able to pick something up as well Thank you for joining us. Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast series has been produced out of the Auckland Institute building with contributions from young adults across New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend to direct others to this podcast or listen to other episodes in this series or to enroll in the Institute class associated with the podcast. See our website at doubtnotfearnot.podbean.com. This recording is not an official publication of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The views expressed are those of the participants and are neither the official doctrine nor the official teachings of the church.